You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, my name is Babak Abbasade, President and CEO of Toronto Centre. It is my pleasure to welcome you to our webinar on Supervisory Technology, or SubTech. Since 2015, Toronto Centre has been offering a wide range of courses and webinars on digital finance and other aspects of financial technology and supervision. We also delivered our first FinTech webinar two years ago. With the flood of information on fintech, it is sometimes very hard to decipher what is trendy and what is substantive. At Toronto Centre, we want to do our part to cut through this cacophony and bring the focus back to the critical information supervisors and regulators need to know to do their job well and keep the financial system safe. Today's expert, Denise Diaz, is a longtime program leader of Toronto Centre. I have known Denise for a better part of a decade. She's also the author of several fintech-related Toronto Centre notes. I am confident you will enjoy this webinar. Thank you. Thank you, Babak. I'm happy to talk about supervisory technology today and how supervisors can leverage technology for better supervision. Let's start with imagining a market conduct supervisor or even a prudential supervisor who needs to review a large range of text documents, such as in PDF format. Um, this is to gather preliminary um, insights for an on-site inspection, for example. Let's say a thematic review on governance of credit card products. They need to review a large range of documents and uh, analyze, for example, if there are um, abusive clauses in those contracts. So that is a very time-consuming, labor-intensive activity. Could that be done differently? Yes, the answer is that that could be done differently with technology and specifically supervisory technology. Um, the presentation today is based on two main publications. One is by the Toronto Centers, Subtech Leverage uh, Technology for Better Supervision is available in the uh, Toronto Center website. And also uh, the publication by the FSI, the Financial Stability Institute, um, which is Innovative Technology in Financial Supervision, the Experience of Early Users. This is available in the BIS uh, website on the web. And the definition that the FSI uses for uh, subtech is that subtech is the use of innovative technology by supervisory agencies to support supervision. So it's a very broad definition, which is useful because subtech can be used for banking supervision, for insurance supervision, for any type of supervision, prudential, market conduct, consumer protection, and integrity. So it's a, we need a broad uh, definition for that. So what technologies fuel subtech? Let's just go uh, over a few of those technologies, the main ones. First of all, all subtech uh, applications, they are based on digital uh, data. So data, not only digital, but also in a format that computers can uh, absorb that data. So it's uh, understood. This is often referred to as machine-readable data. Um, so this is necessary for the subtech applications for the supervisors to use. And nowadays, there is a, a, a 
a range of new types of data that are not uh, traditionally used by supervisors, uh, including big data. And big data usually is defined by the three V. So the three V are variety, volume, and velocity. So big variety in the types and formats and sources of data, but also in the volume of data that usually supervisors are not um, uh, traditionally capable of processing, collecting, and analyzing such data. And also the velocity of data. Um, it's, uh, we are uh, moving away from the time that where supervisors used to collect the data only periodically and then analyzing the data which was already outdated. So the velocity of creation and uh, absorption of data is much uh, bigger today. Um, this new data, they make uh, the, the potential of using SubTech um, much broader, much bigger, uh, and more important for supervision. Cloud computing is also very important because uh, for processing such uh, large volumes of different types of data and storing such data, you need um, some flexibility. So not all supervisory agencies have the resources to invest in infrastructure to do that. So cloud computing services is very important. In that sense, the supervisory agencies, they are using uh, both private, uh, such as a private com uh, cloud computing services provided by companies such as Amazon or um, Microsoft, or um, this is uh, our public where the same providers could provide a, a dedicated cloud infrastructure for the supervisory agencies. Machine learning is a key technology in subtech applications. Uh, this is mostly um, to analyze large sets of data uh, to create new insights from the data uh, where the, the traditional analytical tools were not capable to, to provide. So uh, especially with the, the, these new types of data the, with the 3V characteristics that I showed earlier, uh, machine learning is very important because the traditional analytical tools are not able to do that. So the availability of the 3D, 3V data makes recent developments in machine learning in big data analytics more relevant than ever for supervision and also for policymaking. APIs are very important because they, they provide certain very interesting potential uses for supervisors. An example is if you install an API uh, to collect or not even collect, but uh, to view data from the, the systems of financial institutions, which traditionally have been reporting data instead to the supervisors. Uh, so there are a few interesting examples of the use of APIs to do that. And I'll, I'll, I'll cover some examples later on in the presentation. Um, distributed ledger technologies are very um, in the beginning of their application for supervision, uh, but there are many pilots going on around the world, um, especially in developed countries, uh, to use distributed ledgers for market monitoring, for real-time market monitoring, and also for uh, reporting mechanisms. And I'll, I'll mention more reporting mechanisms later. Natural language uh, processing, or NLP, it's also essential for subtech um, applications because they can transform the difficult documents in text form, for example, that I had a slide earlier, uh, into digital data that can be processed by uh, subtech uh, applications and for supervisors to extract knowledge from that data. 
So in a much more streamlined uh, way and uh, less labor intensive. So what happens usually is that the subtech applications, they, uh, they usually combine a lot of types of technologies in the same application to, uh, to provide insights for the supervisors. So there are many applications today uh, that use machine learning. Most of them use machine learning for data analytics, but there are simpler solutions that are focused on, for example, regulatory reporting. Um, some supervisors, including central banks, they are starting to use big data, for example, for, their, uh, for certain areas of their analysis, such as to um, predict bank runs, for example. But there are many other applications for subtech. There are too many possibilities, and sometimes the supervisors are confused with the possibilities. They are very excited about technology, but where should they start? And if we look at the challenges that supervisors face around the world, even though the challenges uh, vary in, the, in their level of seriousness, of uh, graveness, they, um, they can be classified into mainly three buckets. And those buckets are data collection, management and governance, data anal analysis, and a working to a processes for supervision. In terms of data collection, management, and governments, uh, this is a real pain point for many supervisors around the world, uh, including developed uh, countries. And um, there are many solutions nowadays that the supervisors are trying to implement to, uh, to uh, resolve those pain points. Uh, for example, the supervisors suffer with low quality data due to many reasons, such as low level of standardization of the data uh, reporting, uh, requirements, outdated data due to, um, for example, long time to report, and also incomplete data. So the data is not always reliable or credible. So uh, the supervisors are also usually highly focused on regulatory returns, although there are a bunch of other data that can be used for supervisory insights nowadays. The results are high compliance costs on both sides, on the supervisory agent side, but also on the reporting institution side. So SubTech can offer um, options for uh, improving data collection, management, and governance. Um, the challenges faced by the supervisors uh, across developing countries and also developed economies are can be classified um, roughly in, into three buckets, and they are data collection, management, and governance. Uh, data analysis and working to end processes. In terms of data collection, management, and, and governance, this is a real pain point for supervisors across the globe um, in different types of countries. The supervisors suffered, for example, with low quality data, uh, outdated data, incomplete data, and they're also usually highly focused on regulatory returns as this is the most structured type of data. This is easier, uh, easier for them to use. So the supervisors usually use templates such as Excel templates to collect the data and the financial institutions need to adapt their systems to aggregate the data into indicators that the supervisors require in the same format that the supervisors require. The results for everybody are high compliance costs on the financial institutions, but also costs for aggregation, collection, storage and, and manage of that data uh, by the supervisory agencies and a low level of flexibility for the supervisory agencies to use the data and manipulate that data in, more, in a more flexible way to do more analysis. Also, there is the issue of overlap of uh, reporting requirements across 
supervisory agencies, but also across departments inside the same agency. In terms of data analysis, uh, not all supervisory agents have the right skills and software to process the data that, uh, that and create timely and easy to understand supervisory insights. So there is a lag in terms of, even if they have a bad, good data, they might not be able to process the data to create the insights that they need to take decisions um, to avoid risks in the systems and mitigate the risks. In addition, the supervisors also deal with a myriad of data in unstructured format, as I mentioned before, such as PDF files, Word documents in text forms, which are time-consuming and difficult to process. Uh, the third point of working tools and processes, it's a, it's a, a challenge uh, in terms of working flows, tools and processes that were created maybe a decade ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and they are not evolving with the, the fast changing environments that the supervisors need to supervise. So it's important to think about the potential of SupTech to transform those processes working tools uh, as well. So in terms of where to start, supervisors are really only effective uh, if they have data, but if they have good data, which is accurate, timely, and complete data. So it makes sense to start with improving data. So ha having subtech solutions to improve their data, their supervisory data. And in that sense, there are new approaches uh, uh, fueled by subtech and new approaches that go away from the templates that the Excel or whatever format into templates and aggregate indicators into different approaches, which focus on more granular data and uh, getting away from these templates, uh, which um, pro um, result in costs for supervisor institutions. So a few of the approaches, they are called input approach, the pull approach, or APIs. And also there are new ideas about reporting utilities and automated, fully automated reporting process with machine readable regulation. And let me talk a little bit about that. In Austria, the Central Bank of Austria has already implemented, fully implemented a new reporting process and mechanism uh, for the banks to provide highly granular data, prudential banking data, um, which is inputted in a centralized database uh, within a third-party company, which is called OddRep. Uh, so this data in highly granular format, very, very detailed transaction by transaction, security by security, loan by loan, this can be ac accessed by the central bank uh, when they need the data. So instead of having formats, aggregate indicators, um, like traditionally is done in supervisory agencies, the central bank has disaggregated granular data that can be transformed into the aggregated report that they need, also to the European authorities. So it's a much more flexible system for the central bank. Uh, the National Bank of Rwanda, the Central Bank of Rwanda, also has a, a highly granular data collection system, which has been recently implemented. And they can see details to the level of a co customer level. So they can see names of customers for each transaction in the financial sector. And this, instead of these institutions inputting the data into a central database, this is actually the central bank pooling the data from the financial institutions uh, systems in a standardized manner. 
Another example of granularity is the pensions regulator in Mexico. Um, different from Austria, the Mexican pension regulator has access to a centralized database, which is also the switching uh, company for the system. So it has access almost to near uh, real uh, time access to the data as the transactions are going through. So they can do that uh, and they can see um, details such as the time of the, each transaction, the location of each transaction, the agent that is conducting the, each transaction, and also the voice recording of the customer for each transaction authorizing the transaction. So it's a highly, highly granular and invasive type of supervision. They did that to uh, reduce the number of frauds in the system. So it's very interesting. And uh, in the end, it's, um, um, it's, it's reducing the costs of the system, the costs of reporting. Um, the last example I want to mention is the idea of uh, machine readable regulations for reporting. So these are reporting requirements which are not in text form, but, are, but in code form that can be understood by the computers of the financial institutions. Uh, so those computers can already provide the data to the uh, supervisory agency in a, in a fully automated manner. And that could reduce the costs for everybody. This is still in, in testing phase both in the UK, uh, but also in Australia. And also there is a Singaporean uh, Monetary Authority, which is uh, piloting some uh, mechanisms to do fully automated machine-readable reporting. So this is a very interesting area to explore with SubTech. So what these systems have in common, they have highly granular data. They have a much lower time to report and uh, sometimes even real-time reporting. They have greater accuracy because they have greater automation and standardization of the data. But SubTech can do much more. So SubTech, um, a lot of the, the applications of SubTech today being offered by vendors uh, is on data analytics to really take analytics to another level. And this, is, this includes the transition from the ability to describe a problem or to describe a market to the ability of prescribing actions prior to the problem appearing. Um, so from being able to get the data and analyze to describe how the market is doing uh, according to the standards, uh, being able to preemptively act upon risks that the supervisor think that can be materialized in the system. So it's very, very important difference, very important evolution of supervisory analytics. Although for subtech solutions, the more they go into this, um, um, this line from information to optimization of the data, the more complex they are. So the more risks they offer uh, and the more difficult they are to implement. Some examples, there are many examples in the publications that I mentioned in the beginning of the presentation, uh, but uh, mostly the security supervisors seem to be more, um, more advanced in their use of subtech. This is probably because they are um, responsible for market conduct supervision, um, and they are responsible to do that. They need to look at really large data sets of uh, trading and transaction data. 
So they're a little bit more advanced than bank supervisors and maybe even insurance supervisors. But there are a few examples on the screen and a few exa more examples you can find in the publications um, uh, in the Toronto Center website, but also in the FSI website. There is also an interesting uh, evaluation of subtech applications for security market authorities by the European Securities and Markets Authorities, or ESMA, on subtech. So this can be found on the internet too. Most of the examples are, are on uh, analyzing data by using machine learning applications. So the regulatory returns, uh, this is where the subtech applications today, they are starting with its regulatory returns, highly structured data, uh, traditional data that supervisors used. But is there more uh, to subtech? Yes, there is a lot more. There is a lot more of unstructured data that can be used. And this not only includes data that is outside of supervisory agencies, uh, such as big data, which is what people usually think about when they think about unstructured data, but subtech can do more than that. Subtech can help in, uh, financial institutions, uh, financial supervisors, to use better the data that they create and they store at their own agencies, such as prior inspection reports, other types of documents, such as licensing authorization documents that they have produced in the past. So aggregating that data with structured data, this is one of the uh, greatest potentials of subtech. It's actually combining different sources of data and different types of data. Such data can be big data or other types of data and can be external and internal. And subtech can do uh, not only an analytics of the data, but can do much better visualization of those analyses. So the, the vis visualization tools today, they are much better than the ones that were available to supervisors uh, in the past. More uses of subtech beyond improving data collection and quality analysis and visualization. Subtech can be used to digitize, automate, streamline, and transform operation and administrative procedures. The benefits could range from improving performance to reducing cost of archiving and increasing availability of digital data that can be used uh, by new data analytics software as well as for using the data for public dissemination. Um, so digitization of working tools and processes, what if, what if the subtech solutions could automate the changes in early warning systems to reflect regulatory changes? This, I, I, I do not know of an example today, but this is a possibility that subtech can offer. Also, automated and real-time supervision and enforcement. For example, if an institution is getting to a capital level that is near the minimum, what if uh, an automated enforcement or supervisory action can be done with subtech solutions? There is also the possibility of uh, supervisors acting as nodes in a distributed ledger scheme, um, such as in distributed ledger payment scheme, but also in securities markets uh, trading. So they could do, for example, real-time monitoring of those markets um, and even um, potentially uh, having a say in each transaction that goes through the, the distributed ledger. It all sounds very nice, and there is so much potential, uh, potential but uh, subtech also has risks. And what are the risks of adopting subtech? 
Certain risks, for example, are related to the algorithms and the machine learning tools. For example, if the, the algorithms themselves are not uh, well designed, that could be, for example, uh, false positives, false negatives, or the supervisor might not be able to interpret those uh, outputs from the machine learning applications. And there is also the risk of incorporating biases that were embedded in the data that is used to train the machine learning tool. So if the biases, if the supervisor is not able to extract the biases from the data in the first place, the outputs of the machine learning might be biased as well. There's also the risk of external parties, including financial institutions or maybe other parties, to game the system, so to game the algorithms produced uh, by the supervisory agencies. Uh, so this is a risk that has been highlighted, for example, by the FSI NEED SubTech paper. Uh, there is the risk, uh, first of all, the risk of using low-quality data. So if the supervisors do not improve their data in the first place, and they implement a machine learning application using that low-quality data, the outputs from the machine learning will be low quality also. So garbage in, garbage out. Um, many machine learning uh, applications have the problem of not being explainable. So it's the black box problem of machine learning. So is it okay for supervisory agencies to uh, be unable to explain the outputs of their applications, of their analysis, and using those outputs for supervisory actions? So there is a whole question of trying to go around the black box problem with machine learning. And of course, if you have digital data, automated processes, and especially digital data coming through the internet, for example, you have greater operational risks. And one of the greatest risks is cybersecurity. Uh, but there are other risks as well. Uh, so normal operational risks such as disruption of communications could be uh, just more serious if the supervisors are more, um, more digitized in their processes, but also in the data that they use. And one um, risk that uh, is highlighted in the Toronto Center paper, but also in the FSI, is the risk of being blind uh, to whatever is not captured in the data. So it's data blindness risk. Um, so this is the risk of supervisors only looking at the data, but also forgetting everything else that is not, uh, that is not in the data that is used for the machine learning applications. In that sense, it's uh, important to highlight that technology should not substitute humans. It should be a complement to human judgment. And this is the best use of technology, really to liberate time and room for greater uh, use of the brain of supervisors and their judgment. Uh, in addition to the risks, there are also challenges in adopting subtech. And here are some of the, the challenges. Uh, if supervisors want to use digital data that is machine readable in their machine learning uh, applications or other applications, they need the institutions, most of all, first of all, to provide such data. But if the institutions have manual procedures and paper-based processes, they are, not, they are not capable of providing that data in a timely manner or with accuracy. It's also very difficult to integrate historical data uh, with the new subtech data or analysis or 
procedures that are being done. So integrating historical data, legacy systems, and also the procedures that have been used in the supervisory agencies for a long time is very difficult. Uh, some supervisory agencies might face the, the challenges of storing um, a large, much larger amount of data, especially if they are using granular data, uh, if they're collecting granular data, and processing such data. And many of them might not be able to, um, to hire cloud computing services from third-party providers. So breaking existing data and organizational silos might be also a challenge. For example, we see uh, a lot of subtech applications being developed inside a, a department, but not the experience is not being shared with other departments. So there are internal silos, but there are also external silos within uh, across supervisory agencies that uh, probably will need to be broken for subtech applications to reach their fullest potential. Other challenges include old-fashioned procurement rules that might make it very difficult for supervisory agencies to hire a company, such, uh, uh, for example, uh, specialized in machine learning applications. Um, it might also make it difficult to combine these external providers with internal uh, knowledge and skills that uh, they, the supervisory agencies might already have. Many supervisory agents have data analysts, have statisticians, have um, software programmers uh, that they could use, but it's often more, um, more useful to combine external with internal expertise. And getting this expertise and retaining this expertise is a real challenge, even in developed countries. And finally, the challenge that many supervisory agencies face with any type of change is resistance. So resistance from employees, resistance from politicians, and many types of internal and external resistance to change in many levels. So to deal with that, we conclude that subtech is not an IT issue. It's really the IT expertise comes it's very important, but it's really not an IT issue. It's a strategic issue, especially if you consider the current environment of financial services supervision. It's a fast-changing environment. The data is a deluge of data, and for supervisors to be able to deal with that and use subtech uh, to its fullest potential, it needs to. They need to look at subtech as a strategic issue. And because of that, uh, the Toronto Centre paper and also the FSI paper, they both talk about uh, supervisory agencies creating a subtech strategy. It, it can help a lot. It, uh, there is no uh, standard format or principles for such strategy. But for example, a, a subtech strategy could start by clearly articulating the objectives for the subtech sub investments and have a range of um, organizing uh, principles for the subtech investment, including investments that cut across different departments and even could cut across different uh, supervisory agencies. And that strategy, for example, should look not only at the subtech solutions, but what is needed for the subtech solution to be implemented. That includes money, budget for the subtech solutions. That also includes people that uh, may need to be hired. Uh, that includes the investments that are, might be needed by the financial institutions for the subtech solution to be implemented at the supervisory agency. So budget is very important. 
Um, and there are many examples of small subtech solutions being implemented because there is no real budget for a long, long-term investment uh, in changing the procedures and the data of supervisory agencies. So it's very important to realize that subtech to be implemented in a in a organized manner and for looking at the long term, it really needs budget uh, for technology, but also for the people. None of this will be possible with old mindsets. So if you have a supervisory agency that is uh, stuck in the past in terms of procedures, mindsets, and how they see their role in the financial sector and how the financial sector is evolving, they would not be able to do this, even if they have a documented strategy for subtech. And to do that, the fundamental ingredient is leadership. With the wrong leadership, subtech and any other type of technology can really not transform supervision. But with the right uh, leadership and the, with the right mindset looking at the future and the future role of supervisory agencies, subtech can really reach uh, its potential. This is all I had to, um, to say today. And I hope this was useful. And I would uh, encourage you to go to Toronto Centre Resource Centre and you're going to find there not only the SubTech paper um, uh, by Toronto Centre, you're going to find other resources, uh, which include external resources that uh, are useful, and also a range of um, really um, nice insights on management, leadership, and change management at supervisory agencies. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.